Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Majorl, and with the rest of the guys that popped off, I'm super excited to welcome you to episode one of Phoenix Watch, a brand new show dedicated entirely to you, this awesome, growing community that's been building up around Ashes of Creation. If you haven't yet done so, I strongly suggest you go back, listen to the trailer episode where I go into a bit more detail as to why we're focusing on some guild highlights starting off, and hopefully we can see this show grow up to be something so much more. Now, assuming you have listened to that, let's just jump right into it with our first guest, Sinbad, Guild Leader of Ember. Sinbad, how are you doing today? Hey, doing very well. Thank you for having me on. I'm glad to be part of your first episode, and hopefully uh, we can make a great impression for you guys. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you for coming down. And uh, before we dive into the guilds, obviously that's going to be the main focus, but you as a guild leader, you're, you're going to be like the predominant, because let, let's be honest, guilds are not a democracy. And as much as a lot of Vera, a lot of the nodes kind of want to be, at the end of the day, it's going to be a monarchy. So what is your experience running a guild and being a guild leader? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it, it's nice to try to have like a council or try to have, you know, like a a voting system but when it comes to a guild that doesn't work mostly because you have to deal with situations very quickly as they arise um, personally i've been leading guilds since 2004 um, when i first got into my my first major mmo which was star wars galaxies um, that was actually quite a long time ago i was, you know, I was still a teenager back then you know more recently we started our own guild for ashes of creation back at the kickstarter um, we've gone through a couple different names, a couple different variants of that guild, but our core membership has been together with us since that day. Um, so we've been around for about almost four years now um, as as Ember. You know, something that we do every single day to make sure our guild is run correctly, run sustainably, is we focus first on making sure that our membership is happy um, and making sure that their voices are being heard and that we're not just you know throwing dictates at them, but that we're actually taking into consideration what they want to do. Um, on a regular basis. Nice, yeah. Um, like, like you said, you've been together for four years. Does this mean you guys are playing a lot of other games together, or is it mostly just hanging out in Discord? Yes. We're doing actually quite a bit of both. So one of the major things that we were focused on early was getting into you know, some type of game, some type of MMO to kind of cut our teeth on. Back when I was one of the co-leaders of another guild called Vengeance, um, which part of my membership comes from, you know, we tried out games like Bless Online, uh, things like that. More recently, we've put a lot of time into a game called Archage and Archage Unchained. Um, we actually spent more than a year or two at, at this point in that game. Only recently have we kind of stepped away from it just because of burnout and you know the whole play-to-win aspect of it. Beyond MMOs, though, we've also had a lot of focus on squad-based games. You know, we don't have to always play a massively multiplayer online game to get experience as a group. Um, so games like you know Paladins, which is free to play, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a very simple version of what essentially would amount to be like Overwatch mixed with like a MOBA, like uh, Smite, for example. Um, we play games like that. Games like Starborn, which is a uh, strategy-based game. It's like a 4X type game where you can basically take over an entire uh, galaxy together, face off against 4,000 of the players to do it. Um, things that do require coordination and teamwork is what we've been focused on. Um, so that's really kind of allowed us to, you know, build more than just, you know, friendships in the Discord. It's allowed us to build a lot of teamwork. All right. Yeah, right on. So we're definitely going to come back to this. I want to dig more into that. But before we do, just one last question. As far as you as a guild leader, um, obviously with Vera, being able to take over castles, being able to 
rule not just one node, but have an effect over all the neighboring nodes as well, which are awesome mechanically, but of course a little nerve-wracking for social and political reasons. <laughs> if that is, is that a goal of your guild? And if so, it's, are you going to be the one that's kind of like ruling over your little kingdom? So it is a goal of ours. Um, I don't think if you're if you're trying to be anything other than like a casual guild, your goal is going to be to try to control or influence a node mm-hmm. um, or influence a castle at least. If you're not aiming for that, you know you're definitely more along the lines of a casual group or a very specifically focused group, one that's like you know doing raids on a consistent basis or you know something like that. That's that's their whole purpose. As a PVX guild, though, for us that that is kind of everything, you know, making sure that you have your name kind of implanted on this world. So yeah, we are going to try to control the node that we're in. Um, we realize that we can't do that alone. Um, you know, you have upwards of 2,500 players in a node potentially. So for a guild that, you know, you could basically get, you know, one, one guild sizing game, at least you can get up to 300 players. You're going to have to work with other guilds or you're going to have to create multiple sub guilds as well. Um, we're kind of going the route of creating multiple subguilds, um, so we're going to be fairly large at launch, and we're also looking at allying with some strategic partners. Uh, we don't have who those would be yet. Obviously, we haven't had a chance to really play with any other guilds, so we're going to wait until probably like Alpha Two, um, probably closer to the betas before we start locking who we're going to ally with. But the goal is to basically influence everything that goes on in that node. So everything from you know, making sure we understand what the defenses are, making sure we understand what our economic outreach and capabilities are as a node, um, especially the economy. That's going to be super important for getting our members geared, getting them to a place where they're competitive. And then, of course, the castle, that's going to be a full-time job, <laughs> just considering that it is sieged on a regular basis. Um, so we'll probably have like an A team that would control the castle and consistently keep it updated. Awesome, awesome, yeah. So speaking of the economy, is an economic node going to be your goal for like your big max level node, or are you looking at something like PvP, where you might be able to kind of set a team? Because I know that's kind of a big worry. Yeah, so right now, we don't have a lot of information yet on the divine type or military type nodes, um, but with the information that we do have, we're leaning towards an economic node. Um, just based on the fact that crafted gear is going to be super strong, it's going to be very important to have. And having the money to be able to buy the best gear is going to be basically everything. Um, if you have the best gear in the game, you're going to have a significant advantage over those who don't. So for us, you know, the economy is, is going to be really important to make sure people have the goal to buy that stuff. Um, so we'll probably aim for an economic node in that case. And then one of our goals is to have a sub-guild that would be purely economic-focused um, that would help support the main guild. Awesome, yeah. I, I love... I love hearing about how intricate the logistics of this can be. So it, I'm really looking forward to seeing how how in detail people get. Because I remember some really big guilds back in the day were just massive for the sake of being massive. But there was no real like getting into the actual logistics of it. And what people have done recently, even like the last 10 years with, with guilds online, has just blown me away. I'm, I'm really excited for it. It sounds like you guys have a good yeah, plan going forward. We do. We have uh, spent a lot of hours mulling over the best possible structures for the guild, the best possible um, ways to kind of train people up, best possible ways to get them working together. So we've put a lot of hours into it. Yeah. I know we've talked about your your experience in other games so far. Obviously, your focus, PVX. And for you guys, you feel the end game is like taking that castle. 
Now, does that also mean like, all right, we have a dungeon right here. Are you going to be sieging yourself with one of your sister guilds or like letting another guild come take you over so you can go take over another castle so you can come get that dungeon that's there? Or do you see that that may be happening in your future? So basically kind of like uh, manipulating the map in a sense. Yeah. So are you going to do that? Or are you going to be more focused on like making a home? So like, so let's say a, like a casual player who might not want to feel uprooted every six months or so might just hang out at your nodes. To be honest, I think what we'd want to do is have our node be something more permanent. Um, I think that when you put so much time, so much effort into creating that node, getting it leveled up, you're one of the first people to get a house in there, so now you have a mansion. Um, I don't think we'd want to tear that down, um, even if it means not unlocking like a, a smaller dungeon or something like that. Um, if there is a raid that we find out is you know, possible to unlock by de-leveling our node. At that point, we might consider it, but not for a dungeon. Um, also, you have to consider the fact that there is the reliquary. Uh, Stevens mentioned that before, which is basically all the achievements that your node has accomplished. Um, it's basically in this giant vault, you have legendary items that can be potentially included in that. Um, so at that point, you have to kind of consider that cost equation of, is it worth losing all those things to basically just unlock a new raid? For me personally, I'm not sure if it would be. And I think it would be something we'd have to kind of consider more thoroughly before we'd actually make a choice on that. Okay, so for the less adventurous types, it sounds like if not Ember the Guild, then at least the nodes ruled by Ember might be a good place to try to put down some roots. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's one of those things that can be very difficult to kind of consider because you have so much value that you've put into this place, right? And for us, it's a lot more fun to tear down other people's things where we tend to be a very chaotic force in the world. So for us, we want to basically go to war with other places, tear them down, build up you know, a new place somewhere else, so that way we can get those dungeons, those raids unlocked. Um, but for our own stuff, we want to be like a pillar in that sense. We want to have it there for people to kind of see that we have accomplished this. Okay, so the, the Holy Roman Empire of Ember. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Do, do you have a specific... So we, we've seen the map. I know we don't have a lot of details yet, but we do seem to have some some basic biomes. Do you have a specific one that you're looking at, like high mountains, or are you just kind of waiting to see what the node spread out is? So considering that there is something like 108 node locations in the world, most of the map will have a node present in it. Uh, we've kind of done a lot of research on this as well. If the map stays the same, so they don't make any major changes to it, um, it basically is the same geographical layout. And you know, if Steven's decision to keep the world flat remains the same as well, we have a very specific spot that we've picked out. Um, it, it bisects um, basically about five different um, biomes. And so we figured that you know those different biomes will give different resource uh, available to us and it also has a major choke point for you know any kind of trade that's going through on the ocean and on land so for us you know we want to go steal other people's stuff <laughs> you know it's gonna be part of it for us we definitely want to have that uh pvp mindset of your things can become our things if we beat you um so choking off trade is going to be a huge portion of that it's gonna be a lot of fun for us. Many hours will be spent pirating, um, or you know, many hours will be spent protecting uh, caravans that people pay us to protect. So that's something that we'll we'll be actively doing, and it's kind of one of the one of the choices we're putting into where we're selecting our biome. But it is uh, intersecting about five different biomes, um, two different types of forests: uh, a rainforest, desert biome, and a uh, snow mountain biome. Yeah, nice. So it sounds like you guys have your your kingdom already well plotted out. 
which, and, and you kind of touched on it, it brings me to my next question, player services. So you had already said that you're, you're willing, you're definitely for hire to be to protect caravans. And I'm sure if somebody says, hey, this is a caravan for your node, you, you would go help protect that. Is there any other kind of player services you're looking to to offer, to maybe creative ways that people can help interact with not just the world, but your guild as well? Yeah. Um, beyond just, you know, the, the obvious stuff like economic services um, and protection details for like caravans, what we are looking at is potentially locking down uh, different dungeons, different raids, um, and selling access to that. It's a completely open world game, and a lot of value comes from what you can get in a dungeon. Considering that dungeons are open world, you can definitely lock down rooms, lock down the entrance. And unless you're one of our allies or someone that we're currently working with, uh, we would expect you to basically pay for entrance. I think that would benefit our guild quite a lot. It also benefits our specific region, um, so our node. You know, if someone else is coming from another, another nearby node to come to this dungeon, we don't want that other node becoming stronger than ours. So by controlling access, we can keep our node stronger. Yeah, right on. For other things, of course, you said that you PvP. Are you guys going to be hired bounty hunters as well? Yes, uh, quite a bit. <laughs> Anything to do with PvP, we're going to be involved. Personally, I love every aspect of you know player versus player combat just because it's so unpredictable and there's such a high level of um, skill that's required for it. Um, so something that we want to do is do bounty hunting. We're going to be putting out bounties if we get a new the mayor of our node, uh, considering that the mayor can place a bounty on enemy uh, nodes members. So we'll be doing that. We'll be having people uh, out in the world on kind of like roving, I guess kind of like roving bands of like mercenaries just going out and killing people that aren't part of our node just for fun, you know, making sure that they understand this is a clear boundary of where you can or can't enter. So yeah, we'll be involved. Awesome. I'm very, very excited to see that. And I, I know you said that, uh, so one, you have some fantastic aspiration, but you also said that you're looking at like possibly nested guilds, which I, I can understand that um, player player alliances being what they are. Like it, real life alliances are fickle enough. Now add anonymity to that. It's real mm -hmm. tricky to, to keep that long term. Yes. Uh, how, what would you say would start to be like the breaking point? How big would your guild have to get to like really start stretching? And so what, what's your goal size? So for us, we've known for for a while now that the biggest impact to how large you can grow is how good your leadership is and your structure inside the guild. Um, once you start getting to a point where your leadership is overtaxed, that there's not someone on at all times to make a decision, then the guild starts to falter. Um, especially if people are starting to get at each other's throats, you know, because there's stress, because there's not leadership, there's not, there's not direction, then that guild will start to fold on itself. Currently, we've been growing a little bit slower because we're wanting to make sure we have the best people in leadership before we continue to expand. And it's not really a huge need for us to kind of get massive, massive right now. We have like basically about 200 members at the moment. I, I would say for a pre-alpha game, 200 members is still pretty massive. It's <laughs> impressive. There's, so ultimately, um, our structure, we've, we've kind of based it off of the success of some other guilds that we've seen and how they do it. So we've shamelessly stolen um, some ideas from them to kind of emulate in that sense, right? We want to basically take what works and then use it for us. Um, so guilds like uh, Imperium, for example, or they go by Legacy now, uh, we've known them forever. Uh, we've seen what they do, it works. And so some of the aspects that they have, we've also borrowed. Part of that being, you know, like the squad structure, right? Um, so squads being you know, basically a five-man group. You have a squad leader. 
Um, then over them, you'd have basically a couple officers to help coordinate them for specific purposes, such as PVP, PVE, um, you know, Intel, things like that. Um, stuff like that, we basically take it and modified, you know, for our own purposes, and then we're basically putting that uh, to work for us. Um, we are pretty confident that's going to allow us to always have an officer available, to always have someone in leadership available, to always have someone to make a choice available, um, and that will allow us to continue to grow past 200. Um, I think our upper limit is going to be probably about 1,200 members if we can grow that large. Um, at launch, we're hoping for about 300 to 500 people. Yeah, hopefully something like this little podcast will will help you guys out with that. Yeah, yeah, I think it will. And we also have a lot of other um, methods of recruitment. It's just at the moment, we're waiting for Alpha 1, Alpha 2, and that's when we're really going to kind of push off with it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I know for even my future content and trying to grow, it'll be closer to beta. That, that'll all probably happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, of course, so when, when discussing AOC specifically, especially in this day and age, the biggest elephant in the room, streamers. Um, mm-hmm. What is your personal take on them? And then what will the guild's rules be concerning streamers? Because I know I have seen some that'll be like, no. Others that'll be like, no with or yes with limits. So, yeah. <laughs> so we actually support our streamers pretty heavily. Um, we have content creators like it's is, um, we also have a couple others that are very big on YouTube, uh, that they're waiting for ashes to launch before they actually you know, start really advertising the guild and that they have audiences of a few hundred thousand, right? So we have a lot of people that we're expecting to make content on a regular basis, and we're going to help support them to do that. We do have some limitations on it. Obviously, don't uh, film major guild events like, uh, you know, caravan runs with you know, hundreds of thousands of gold on the line, for example. Things like that don't film inner, inner, inner guild politics. You know, things that basically would compromise the guild in some way. But everything else is, you know, basically fine. Um, so if you want to film us going out and pirating, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> if you want to film us, uh, you know, running your own caravan, that's, that's also fine as well. Um, we obviously know that with MMOs, the average viewer is also a stream sniper, and most guilds have people watching streams to basically gain intel. So that's something that we're taking into consideration with how we're going to stream. And then a lot of the content we're going to put up, we're also going to cut and edit down uh, for our own YouTube channel and then for our own, our own podcast as well. We also have uh, one of our members who is a writer who's going to be doing kind of like a uh, node uh, newsletter. Basically, everything that's going on in the node, they'll be kind of journalizing it and posting it up on our website. Awesome. I'm excited to read that. I know that's that's what the intention of this little show to become is uh, from what's exactly that, but for like multiple different realms. And of course, as many notes as I get my hands on, so I'll definitely talk to you later about that. Yeah. But yeah, it's nice to see because I know, especially with Ashes, a lot of people are worried that a streamer will come in and completely dominate everything. But like you said, it's, uh, I think for every streamer wanting to, to be keen of the world, there's going to be about twice as many as mm-hmm. as they have viewers that want to be like that guy to take them down. Yes, so, <laughs> that's very true. I I would be shocked if some of the top top sieges don't have people with like five streams up on the second screen, just trying to get a hold mm-hmm. of everything. So that'll be that'll be interesting for sure, and I, I can't wait to see it. I think around this time, like, do you have any other like? Like so, so you said uh, you already have some content creators. I'm gonna grab those links. I'll make sure to put them in the transcription for this episode. Uh, they'll they'll all be in there. I'll just grab them from you if you don't mind. Sure, I can send them over. Yeah, and then for your guild, where can people usually find you? I know I did through the Discord, but where else would you say you're normally posted? So we're on the forums, um, so you can find us on there. We we'll also have our own website, which is Ember E M B R 
discord.gg. Um, as well, we have our Discord, which is discord.gg slash embers, E-M-B-E-R-S. You can find us on any of those. You can always also message me on Discord. I am Sinbad9001, so <laughs> I am over 9,000. But yeah, you can reach out anytime. Uh, we're always available. We have one of the friendliest communities, one of the most uh, inner intertwined communities as well. We're very focused on making people that join us feel like they're at home. Um, so if you ever want to find a place that wants to be competitive, realizes life comes first, and that will actually make you feel like you're a part of something, not just another number, um, come out and uh, check us out. You know, drop by our Discord. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. And then, uh, and of course, with everything that we have covered, you, you do come, like, it does sound like you guys have some very hardcore goals. Is this also a place where somebody who might want to just have a little house and go out and fish occasionally, like, on the Sundays? Is, is this a guild for them? Or would you say you're welcome in the node, but maybe not the guild for you? You're welcome in the node. Um, for us as a guild, we have some pretty stringent requirements. And we expect our members to be online about four to six hours a day on average. Um, a lot of us have quite a lot of experience in MMOs. Um, we expect our members to come on board with experience. If you have experience in games like MOBAs, we're willing to train you on an MMO. Um, just because MOBA typically translates fairly well. But most other games would have to kind of see that you know, you're capable, right? And unfortunately, that's just, that's just how it has to be for us. Uh, we have to kind of understand that we're not going to be just carrying you. We want someone who's going to contribute to the guild just as much as we will. Yeah, I do hope, and I'm obviously we're all waiting for the alpha very excitedly for the... Uh, I, I really want to see how this hybrid combat system works. Uh, I know I've, I've been talking to my brother about it, and he plays a lot of Destiny. That's his primary game. And the action combat, I feel, could become really close to PvE, the Destiny's PvE content. So hopefully it won't just be MOBAs that transfer over. I hope so, too. I, I'm honestly kind of excited to see iterations once we hit Alpha 1, which we should be getting a date here in a couple days. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. Fingers crossed. And then uh, are some of the members of Ember in Alpha 1? Can we expect to start seeing content that yes. soon? Yeah, we have roughly about 35 members in Alpha 1. Uh, we have double that in Alpha 2. And then we have quite a few more in the betas um, up to launch. We're actively recruiting for people that are going to be in Alpha 1. I know there's 10,000 people out there that should have access. There's very few guilds right now. So if you have access to Alpha 1, you want some people to play it with, they're going to be super active during those tests and actually know what they're doing, have clear-cut goals for what they want to test, um, come join us. Um, we will also be posting content as well, showing exactly what's going on with the Alpha 1 content, understanding everything we can about it. Um, we have whole lists upon lists of different metrics we want to find out. So stay tuned for that with us. Awesome. Yeah. And like I said, I'll have links to all of that. So if people are interested, they can go ahead and sub now. And on for the transcript of this episode, which will be found on my website, poppedoff.com. But yeah, no, this has been fantastic. I, I really enjoyed being able to sit down and talk to some other people. I haven't actually been able to talk to a lot of people about Ash's creation, like as close to person to person we can get over a Discord call. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I'm a nerd when it comes to Ashes. So if you have any questions about it, I love the game. There's always new updated information. I try to keep up to date as much as possible with that so feel free to pick my brain or just nerd out with me on it and i'll spend hours talking to you about it same yeah and i, I know you mentioned your discord do you also have a twitter that they can reach you out does your guild have one uh, not at the moment no uh we've kind of stayed off of twitter but we'll be eventually putting some up, something up there it's just we haven't had a reason to join yet sure makes sense all right well you guys you uh you heard it here for sinbad from ember 
for Phoenix Watch. Uh, any last words before we close out? Thank you very much for having me on. I was actually pretty blown away with your questions. And um, obviously, guys, you should subscribe to him. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have been on. Thank you, man. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's always a nerve-wracking but very exciting time when you're launching a brand new show. And because of how helpful it is to new shows trying to get up off the ground, please consider leaving us a five-star review on any platform that you found us on. As always, if you wanted to be on the show, maybe you have your own guild or community that you're building up, or maybe even just some really awesome stories of your interactions while playing some MMOs, feel free to reach out to us. You can always find us at poppedoff.com, as well as our Twitter, popped underscore off, or my own personal Twitter, at GG. Thank you again, guys. Have a fantastic day.